Chapter Twelve of Haste and Waste: The Young Pilot of Lake Champlain by Oliver Optic. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: From Despondency to Rejoicing. Ben Wilford made his way to the deck of the steamer, and in the darkness stumbled upon the cables with which the boat was anchored. He was bent on mischief, and he unstoppered the cables, permitting them to run out and sink to the bottom of the lake. The wind was blowing, still pretty fresh from the west, and the steamer, now loosened from her moorings, began to drift toward the middle of the lake. They'll find I'm not a nobody, whined he. She'll go down in the deep water this time. The drunken villain then stumbled about the deck till he found the lines which kept the hogshead in place under the guards. Groaning, crying, and swearing, he untied and threw the ropes overboard. Some of the casks, relieved of the pressure on them by the removal of the water from the interior of the hull, came out from their places and floated off. Ben rolled into the wherry again, and with the boat-hook hauled the others out. Satisfied that he had done his work, and that the Woodville would soon go down in the middle of the lake, he pulled as rapidly as his intoxicated condition would permit toward the ferry landing. "'They'll find I'm not a nobody,' he repeated, as he rowed to the shore. "'They can't raise her now, and they'll never see her again.' Intoxicated as he was, he had not lost his sense of caution. He knew that he had done a mean and wicked action, which it might be necessary for him to conceal. As he approached the landing, he wiped his eyes, and choked down the emotions that agitated him. He tried to make no noise, but his movements were very uncertain. He tumbled over the thwarts and rattled the oars, so that, if those in the cottage had not slept like rocks, they must have heard him. He reeled up to the house, took off his shoes, and crept upstairs to his room. He made noise enough to wake his mother, but Laurie and Ethan were not disturbed. The wretch had accomplished his work. He was satisfied, as he laid his boozy head upon the pillow, that the Woodville was even then at the bottom of the lake, with a hundred feet of water rolling over her. It was two o'clock in the morning, but the vile temple he had drank and the deed he had done so excited him that he could not sleep. He tossed on his bed till the day dawned, and the blessed light streamed in at the window of the attic. Four o'clock, shouted Lawry, as the timepiece in the kitchen struck the hour. All hands ahoy, Ethan! His enthusiastic fellow laborer needed no second call and leaped out of bed. Ben was still awake, and the lapse of the hours had in some measure sobered him. It's a fine day, Ethan, said Lawry. Glad of that. How long do you suppose it will take to pump her out? All day, I think. But we are to have four men to help us. I was considering that matter when I went to sleep last night, replied Lawry. I was thinking whether we could not rig a barrel under the derrick so as to get along a little faster than the pumps will do it. Perhaps we can. We'll see. Where is your steamer? asked Ben, rising in bed. We anchored her near the goblins, replied Lawry. She isn't there now, added Ben. How do you know? demanded the pilot. I've been sick and couldn't sleep, so I got up and went outdoors. She isn't where you left her and I couldn't see anything of her anywhere. "'Couldn't see her!' exclaimed Ethan. "'I knew very well she wouldn't stay on top of the water. Casks wouldn't keep her up,' said Ben maliciously. 
Lawry rushed out of the room to the other end of the house, the attic window of which commanded a full view of the lake. As his brother had declared, the Woodville was not at her anchorage where they had left her. Neither was she to be seen, whichever way he looked. "'She is gone!' cried he, returning to his chamber. "'Of course she is gone,' added Ben. "'I don't understand it.' "'She has gone to the bottom, of course, where I told you she would go. "'You were a fool to leave her out there in the deep water. "'She's gone down where you will never see her again.' "'It was impossible for her to sink with all those casks under her guards,' said Ethan. "'I guess you will find she has sunk. "'I told you she would. "'If you had only minded what I told you, she would have been all right, Lawry.' Both of the boys seemed to be paralyzed at the discovery, and made no reply to Ben. They could not realize that all the hard labor they had performed was lost. It was hard and cruel, and each reproached himself because they had not passed the night on board of the steamer, as they had purposed to do. "'Well, it's no use to stand here like logs,' said Lawry. "'If she has sunk, we will find out where she is.' "'I reckon you'll never see her again, Lawry.' Those old casks leaked, I suppose, and when they were full of water, the steamer went down again, or else they broke loose from her when the wind blew so hard. It didn't blow much when we went to bed. What time did you come home, Ben? I don't know what time it was, he answered evasively. Come on, Ethan, let's go and find out what the matter is, continued Lawry as he led the way downstairs. Mrs. Wilford was not up, but she was awake and was anticipating with great satisfaction the pleasure of the surprise which awaited the boys when they discovered that the steamer had been freed from water. They left the house and went down to the ferry. The Woodville certainly was not where they had left her. Not even the top of her smokestack could be seen peering above the water to inform them that she still existed. "'Well, Lawry, we may as well go out to the place where we left her. If she has sunk, we may be able to see her,' said Ethan." They got into the boat, but one of the oars was gone. Ben had lost it overboard when he landed, and it had floated off. There was another pair in the woodshed of the house, and Lawry went up for them. As he entered the shed, he met his mother, who had just risen and gone out for wood to kindle the fire. The poor boy looked so sad and disconsolate that his long face attracted her attention. "'What's the matter, Lawry?' she asked. "'The steamer has sunk again.' replied the son. "'Sunk again!' exclaimed his mother. "'She is not to be seen, and Ben says she has gone down.' "'Ben says so?' "'Yes. He told us of it before we came down. We're going to look for her now,' answered Lawry. What Lawry had said excited the suspicion of his mother as she thought of the malicious words of her older son on the preceding evening. She was excited and indignant. She feared he had executed the wicked purpose which she was confident he had cherished. She went into the house and upstairs to the room where Ben still lay in bed. "'Benjamin, what have you done?' demanded she. "'I haven't done anything. I'm a nobody here,' replied the inebriated young man, with surly emphasis. "'What did you mean last night when you said that you should run that steamer or nobody should?' asked Mrs. Wilford. I meant just what I said. You and Lawry both said I shouldn't run her, and she has gone to the bottom again. She'll stay there this time. Oh, Benjamin, 
said his mother bursting into tears how could you be so wicked did you think i'd stay round here and be a nobody growled the wretched young man did you sink that steamer what if i did oh benjamin you needn't cry about it next time you'd better not try to make a nobody out of me don't you think i've had trouble enough without trying to make more for me sobbed the distressed mother if you had told lawry to give me the charge of the steamer he would have done it whined ben i shouldn't tell him any such thing replied mrs wilford indignantly a pretty captain of a steamboat you would make you are so tipsy now you can't hold your head up i'm as sober as you are mrs wilford knew that it was useless to talk to a person in his condition and she left him to sleep off the effect of his cups if he could after the evil deed he had done full of sympathy for lawry under his great affliction she left the house and hastened down to the landing to learn if possible the condition of the woodville lawry and ethan were in the wherry returning to the shore when she reached the landing hooray hooray shouted both of the boys in unison as mrs wilford came in sight what now asked the anxious mother she's safe mother she has not sunk replied lawry where is she i don't see her anywhere added mrs wilford scanning the lake in every direction over on the other side replied lawry what's the reason she didn't sink continued his mother the casks kept her up of course we want something for breakfast and for dinner mother for she is so far off we can't come home till we have pumped her out and i won't leave her again till i am sure she's all right what shall i do about the ferry mother asked lawry will ben run the boat to-day don't trouble yourself about the ferry lawry if benjamin won't take care of it i will i don't want you to do it mother i think your brother will run the boat at any rate you needn't give it a thought mrs wilford was quite as happy as the boys to find that the steamer was not at the bottom of the lake again and she returned to the cottage with a light heart when she had seen the wherry leave the shore from the deepest depths of despondency if not despair the young engineers had been raised to the highest pinnacle of hope and joy when the woodville was discovered on the other side of the lake she had drifted in behind a point of land and could not be seen from the ferry they had gone out to the place where she had been anchored near the goblins and while they were gazing down into the deep water in search of her ethan happened to raise his eyes and saw her on the other side of the lake what a thrill went through his heart as he recognized her and what a thrill he communicated to lawry when he pointed her out to him why all the casks are all gone exclaimed ethan all gone replied lawry she must be aground added ethan but she sets out of water a great deal farther than when we left her we shall soon find out what the matter is continued lawry she is safe and on the top of the water that's enough for me at the present time what does this mean he exclaimed i don't know the water couldn't have run out of her without some help replied ethan i don't understand it added lawry the casks are all gone and the steamer has been pumped out somebody must have done this work that's true said ethan somebody has certainly been here there's no doubt of that but i can't see for the life of me what they wanted to set her adrift for nor i they were good friends to pump her out for us whoever they were 
In my opinion, Mr. Sherwood knows something about this job. But slipping the cables looks just as though they intended to have her smashed up on the shore, added Lawry. The anchors are not here, and of course they are on the bottom of the lake. I don't see through this business. Nor I either. But one thing we can see through. The steamer is safe, with all the water pumped out of her. We may as well go to work and get her over to the ferry. This was good counsel, and without losing any more time in attempts to fathom what was dark and strange, they commenced the labors of the day. End of chapter 12